This week on the 20th of July, a truly remarkable new show called Here Lies Love premiered on Broadway. Let's have a listen. Yeah, that's Imelda, as in Imelda Marcos, wife of the notoriously brutal and corrupt dictator Ferdinand Marcos, who ruled for 21 years in the Philippines from 1965 until the People Power Revolution of 1986. And the other character you heard there, Aquino, well, that's the opposition leader, Benigno Aquino, who was assassinated three years before the revolution. Uh, and the revolution was then led by his wife, Cory Aquino, who went on to become president. Today, of course, in the Philippines, Imelda Marcos's son, Ferdinand Marcos Jr., is president once again. And the Melda Marcos musical is truly mind-boggling as a concept. And that's before you add in the fact that it was written by former Talking Heads frontman David Byrne and DJ megastar Fatboy Slim. Plus, Here Lies Love is the first Broadway musical with an all-Filipino cast. And they perform in a theatre remodelled in the style of a disco nightclub with the dance floor where the cast and the audience mix. The Broadway premiere comes 18 years after Here Lies Love began its theatrical life at the 2006 Adelaide Festival. There are just so many uh, amazing, mind-boggling aspects of this show, and I'm very pleased to say that we're joined now by Filipino-American novelist Gina Apostle, who was there for the opening night, who also grew up in the small town of Tacloban, which is uh, also where Imelda Marcos grew up. And Gina also recently interviewed David Byrne about Here Lies Love for The Washington Post, and I'm very jealous that she was at opening night. But Gina, it's great to be speaking with you on Sunday Extra. It's great to be talking to you again, Julian. Thanks for having me. Gina, disco and dictatorship are an unlikely mix, perhaps, and uh, one understandable reaction to the very idea of an Imelda Marcos musical might be that there's something a little bit off about it, but you've written, the horror of the Philippines is that its tragedy is best expressed through disco. Please explain. <laughs> well, that's uh, it's very hard to explain in a few in a few. I mean, I, I write whole novels about this yeah. stuff, you know. So, um, the complexity of the Philippines is is as you're saying, it's mind boggling. You know, um, you have everything that you pointed out um, in your intro, and you. I grew up, you know, with. Disco, Danny Terrio, John Travolta. Um, it turns out Imelda Marcos was a huge disco fan, mm. um, was a habit- habitué of um, Studio 54. She was very famous for um, dancing with George Hamilton, with Dracula, as we, you know, <laughs> dancing with Dracula. That's what Imelda Marcos did. Um, so, uh, and, so, and, and that, that, that issue of, of the weird, um, uh, what, what I'd say, 
surface pleasure of disco that was very much part of my growing up, as well as the profound horror of dictatorship, those were hand in hand. Of yeah, my that, so up. that's really interesting. From from a distance and perhaps without no, without much local knowledge, it seems like a strange mix, but it actually does capture something of the times. Indeed, as you said, as a young girl, that was exactly what you were experiencing, both those things at the same time. I actually thought it was very ingenious when I first saw Here Lies Love. I saw it at the public in 2014, and I ended up seeing it around four times because my family kept coming. And when they said, what are we going to do in New York? I said, well, go and watch Here Lies Love. So all of these people from Tacloban um, went to Here Lies Love, my family um, and my friends, and several would weep Hmm. at... um, at the show. And I think it's because if you've actually grown up with dictatorship and you've actually experienced the multiplicity of the horrors and the banalities of one's everyday, where, where you're living in a time where you're living your, your daily life, but people are dying, you know, um, and, and the Constitution has been torn apart, the Congress has been eviscerated, and um, even as a kid, I knew there was something really wrong. I, I grew up in the 70s, so I was a child during martial law. But I knew that there was something really wrong with what was going on. I, there was something off. I was very aware of a weird hypocrisy mm. in my hometown because mm. I grew up in Tacloban. And so you go to this musical, and, and I saw this in 2014 first. Um, oh, and at the time, remember, Obama was president. The person, the president of the Philippines was Noy Noy Aquino, the son of Cory Aquino. And um, so it's a different time. And I, yeah, people were weeping at the show. And I think it's because of the weird surreality of the realism of the multiple complex experience of dancing with a dictator, which was actually what we did. Mm, as mm. children. That's fascinating. On Sunday Extra, we're speaking with Gina Apostle, the Filipino-American novelist who was at the opening night of Here Lies Love, the uh, Imelda Marcos and Ferdinand Marcos, the first musical. And uh, Gina, I wonder if I could ask you about mm-hmm. one of the characters there, because we heard in that intro that there's actually mm-hmm. a scene where Imelda, the young Imelda Marcos is dancing and sort of in a romantic relationship with people Benigno Aquino, uh, mm-hmm. who went on to be mm-hmm. married to Corey mm-hmm. Aquino, who became the president, as I, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. When Correct. I first heard that, I thought, oh, my God, that's like a, a crazy stretch. How could that possibly be? But at mm-hmm. least according to the, uh, the musical's website, which might not be the most authoritative historical source, there was, in mm-hmm. fact, um, a connection between Benigno Aquino and Imelda when they were young, and they might even have dated. Is that right? It's highly possible. You know, I would imagine, I mean, they're going around in the same circles. Mm. Um, in my memory, the Imelda Marcos was dating the mayor of Manila, Arsenic Lacson. I mean, in the way the, the stories were told, there were, and, and obviously Nino Yakino was going around, whatever, doing what he was doing. Um, so it's possible i that was for me when i first watched the um the play that was for me i couldn't i i could imagine that in those circles people are dating everyone else um uh but it wasn't um it was for me though it was interesting mm, it was yeah. interesting as a plot device you know i'm a writer 
So I'm kind of looking at what the person's doing in terms of how to put the story together. And that for me is, uh, is like, uh, you, and I, I do it all the time anyway. I, you choose a piece of history and you figure out how, which, which piece of history is, could be used to create your, to be more efficient with mm, your plot. Mm, that's what I think he was doing. That's, that's how I saw it. Gina, what was it like to be in a Broadway theatre and to see an all-Filipino cast? It was amazing, you know, and I do think that was the the play already had so many, many different layers to it. And then the one layer that they put on top of the other layers was the fact that you're watching um, this kind of it's, it, it was historic uh, show where only Filipinos were in the lead um, in the entire cast, in the, the whole ensemble, uh, the, the lead and the ensemble, they were all Filipinos. And it was all, <laughs> it was also all so much fun. You know, it was a lot of huge fun um, to watch them do their things. So on top of the repulsion of watching Imelda again on stage, which is for me what what happened to me when I saw it the first time, Mm. I was repulsed by watching Imelda. I was also um, really fascinated by the way the play and it's and it still happened at this point uh, in the current iteration how the play made me um both uh, repelled as well as mo- made to move with the, the yeah, character. and, and the, you know, the, the moving is, is really interesting as well because, yeah, if you yeah. see the video clips of the, right. the theatre, it does look like uh, a dance club and there's a small podium, a but then you've got, right. yeah, the audience is literally dancing and moving and from what yes. you're saying, dancing yes. and crying at the same time. It must be right. an extraordinary experience. It was extraordinary. I, what I ended up doing, because I had seen the play before, I ended up looking at the audience. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up watching people's faces. And there was a point in the play when... But what happens in the play, there's a turn. You're, 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 there's a whole kind of seductive first act with, with the Imelda character. And if you're not <laughs> an Imelda hater already, you're already you're, you might be moved to... Um, to into her um into her desire mm. and then there's a shift in the play and it was and it's very palpable actually this time it was more palpable than the than the previous times i'd seen and so that moment when there was a shift i was looking at people's faces <laughs> i was like like the shock in people's faces when they turn when there's a turn mm. and you realize you have been seduced you have been tricked yeah, we, we, by well, the play. Exactly, the play has tricked you in a way yeah. that that uh, you know has a direct analogy to the experience that you were talking about of the Philippines under the Marcos's version one. Uh, Gina, mm-hmm. you had the opportunity to speak to David Byrne, who together with mm-hmm. Fatboy Slim is the creator of this musical. Uh, what did you draw from speaking with him directly about this work of art, and particularly, I suppose, as somebody yourself so steeped in the uh, 
history and culture of the Philippines and knowing that somebody who was less uh, across that in the first instance has now written a musical which is going to in some ways define uh, parts of Filipino history for American and probably global audiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's an excellent question. And I, um, I immediately, I had an answer because it struck me when I was talking to him how careful he was with the history. Mm. It was really interesting. Um, already when I had read the, when I'd watched the play, I already knew that there were things about the play where I thought, wow, this guy did a lot of really good research. Because I grew up with Imelda and her biographies were the only only books I'd ever read about my city, Tacloban. I mean, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. But you would only hear about Tacloban through Imelda, and I only read books about my hometown when they were about Imelda. So I knew a lot about Imelda. And I'm also, I've written novels about this shit. So anyway, the play, even in its original iteration, um, had these really small nuggets of Imelda lore that I that I knew this guy had done really crazy research. The ah, so there's some tell, does, tells for the experts. That's that's always very encouraging. Yeah, it was crazy. And and the other thing that he does is that he selects the shit. You know, so, okay, he, okay. I don't know if I was allowed to say that, but that's he okay. selects the information really well. I just, I was, I'm, I'm, I was. And so the other thing that I, in hearing him talk about the play and hearing him thinking about the different nuances that he was, that he felt he was compelled to, to struggle with, to grapple with, um, I thought that was really interesting. Um, the other thing that I got from him uh, that I thought it, it had already shown, been seen, I saw it already in American Utopia, but he's very interested in the political. He's also very interested in the political that is not going to make you, that's, that's not going to, that might have hope for people. I mean, that's, I thought, really interesting um, because I asked him, you know, what, what do you make, though, of the fact, what are you going to do with the fact that Marcos, the second Marcos, is in power right now? It, I, I mean, I thought of it as a kind of artistic and political problem for the play. Um, and he said, yeah, we really have to figure that out. I have many different ideas of how to do it. And we keep ha- we have to keep trying to do it um, so that the, so that the, um, the possibility of so that the political um, peace will work. That's and really interesting. Was, yeah, right. Oh, sorry, mm-hmm. go on. Yeah, what he said was he didn't want to end with hopelessness. That's what he said. And that's what he was going to try to do. Oh, well, so it sounds like there may be more evolutions of uh, Here Lies Love to come. Gina, it's been great speaking with you. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us on Sunday Extra. And I'm so glad you you. got to be there for the opening night. Oh, yeah, it was so much fun. It was a blast. Fantastic. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. That's Gina Apostle, a Filipino-born writer who's based in New York, and she's the author of several novels, many of which do confront the the troubling history of the Philippines. A couple of the titles uh, last. Tessera, Insurrecto, and the Revolution According to Raimundo Marta. Uh, and the musical, of course, is Here Lies Love. And so we might go out now with a bit of the theme song, Here Lies Love, which, as we heard, is now playing on Broadway.
Yes, and then it goes the DJ dance break in the disco of Here Lies Love. It's well worth checking out the video of the extraordinary theatre they've set up as well for Here Lies Love. The Amelda Marcos musical written by David Byrne from Talking Head and Fatboy Slim, if you can believe it. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.